the heavy topic that we've been doing. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Hallelujah. Ekbalo. Come on, say with me. Ekbalo. Ekbalo. Yeah. That word means what? Expel. They shall expel demons. Amen? They shall cast out demons. They shall expel demons. Is a more correct interpretation of that word. Amen? We as children of God need to come back to this understanding that for the kingdom of God to advance, it takes the kingdom of darkness to be defeated. The kingdom of God does not advance unless darkness is what? Defeated. So if you lead a person to Christ, for them to grow, darkness must diminish in their lives. Hello? Light and darkness do not dwell in the same place together. One must go so that the other can rule. Amen? So that is the thesis which I've been talking from. Even you as a person, when you came to Christ, you discovered that there was a bit of you that needed to change. Hopefully if you've been saved for a while, by now you should be saying you are much better than you used to be. Hello? No, you can't stay the same. You can't be saved for two years, three years, four years. And you are still as worldly as you used to be. Something has not happened. You have not yet given your life to Christ. But when you give your life to Christ, I'm not saying everything changes instantaneously. No. But gradually, changes begin to happen in your life. Amen. Some changes are abrupt. Everyone, everyone gets one area where the, the change is like, ooh. Perhaps they used to drink a lot and whoop, it stops. And perhaps, they, you know, everybody gets a certain area where there's an abrupt change to begin with. But then the rest of it, it changes gradually. Hello? Uh, the world in you begins to diminish and the Christ in you begins to increase. Yeah. Are you with me? That's why it is important for us to talk about this and understand this. Amen. Amen. Now, in the first lesson, I talked about Christ is stronger. He binds the chief of demons himself, the devil, the God of this world. And because Christ is stronger, we who are in Christ have become stronger than the enemy. Do you remember? So therefore, we can bind him, we can cast him out, we can cast his minions out, and we can advance against him. Amen. I address that because I realize many people, when they don't understand this, they live in fear of the devil and the demons and everything else. Now you shouldn't live in fear. Christ is stronger. You are. The second lesson was about overcoming the world. Do you remember that? It says you have overcome the world because greater is he that is in than he that is in them. And I said the world is, 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 is run 
by the God of this world, which is seven. And the world has got systems. Do you remember? We talked about the education system, the system of government. We talked about the religious systems. We talked about so many systems of business and commerce, financial systems. And the Bible says the one who is in you is greater than the one running these systems. So you as a child of God can overcome the world. In respect to this, it means you must be able to go into any of these systems and begin to dominate, begin to overcome. Amen. <coughs> Hello? This is to encourage you. Just in case there is a system that is troubling you. Thank you. Just in case there is a system that is giving you trouble. Maybe it's a system of government that is so against you, saying, oh, you can't do this, you can't do this, you don't qualify for this. Maybe the system that is troubling you is the system of education. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the You are not limited by any system in the world. You overcome it. Amen. Hallelujah. And now today, for this first part of this series, this will be the last teaching I will do, then I'll pick it up again sometime later. But today I want to talk about walking in authority. Hallelujah. Now that you know that Jesus is stronger, and because you believe in Jesus, you are stronger than the enemy and all his minions. Now that you know that Jesus and his kingdom, God and his kingdom in you is greater than he that is in all the systems of the world. How can you walk in that newfound authority? Because I find this is where the issue is. Hello? Hi. Walking in what? Authority. Authority. Luke chapter 10, 17 to 21. Let's go. I'm going to read from, from my newfound uh, vision that I love so much nowadays. The New Testament vision in the Passion. The Passion vision of the New Testament. It says, Luke chapter 10, 17 to 21. It says, when the 70 missionaries returned to Jesus... They were ecstatic with joy, telling him, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we commanded them in your name. Verse 18, Jesus replied, while you were ministering, I washed certain couple until he fell suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. Now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. Everybody say, walk in authority. Verse 20. However, your real source of joy isn't merely this, that these spirits submit to your authority, but that your names are written in the journals of heaven, and that you belong to God's kingdom. This is the true source of your authority. For now, I will just read up to there. Amen. Amen. Up to verse 20. First thing I want you to notice is that Jesus has imparted authority over demons and Satan's kingdom to his followers. Hello? How did he impart this authority? Did he lay hands on them? That's not what we find in the Bible. He literally just spoke and told them, since all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, 
You guys go. I give you authority. Take over. Do you understand? A person with authority does not need to do any magic to give you authority. They just need to tell you. Hello? Hi. They just need to tell you. The, the, the prime minister, if he has authority over certain, or she has authority over certain matters, just needs to delegate. I don't think when she appoints cabinet ministers, she lays hands on them, you know, shaka taka 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 spit a bit on them like, you know, Pentecostal preachers would do to, to impartation of saliva. She just appoints them. She just talks to them, gives them a letter of appointment, and appoints them. And by virtue of her saying, you are now a cabinet minister, that person receives authority when they go to that office. There's been a recent reshuffle, right? Yeah. There's been a recent reshuffle. I was going to say Boris won't leave the house, but... <laughs> but, you get me? The same person, the Prime Minister picks up a phone, calls you bright, takes you into that office, talks to you, says, I am interested, I'm going to make you my business secretary. And you say, I am honored to serve. Now, Her Majesty's government as business secretary, you receive your letters of appointment. As you leave that place and walk into the, the department where she has sent you, all of a sudden you have authority. She hasn't done anything else apart from just tell you that she has given you authority. Do you understand? It's the same thing. Jesus has authority. So when he says, I give you authority, you have it. I'm stressing that point because there's many Christians that don't think they have authority over demons because they, they want a pastor to dance over them. They, they, they want somebody to, to, I don't know, sprinkle oil, holy water, sugar, salt, everything over them. Ha, ha. And then they will believe they have authority. Listen, by virtue of being a Christian and saying you believe in Jesus, you now have authority. Amen. Amen. Because the one who taught you so has authority himself. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh. Number two. Our problem is what I want to address on my point number two. Authority cannot be exercised in the absence of knowledge. Now that you have authority, you need to have knowledge. Do you guys understand? Yeah. Let me give you this, this, this self-deprecating uh, example. I, 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 I recently uh, got, received a letter from the police saying I was speeding on the motorway. I know. <laughs> I recently got this letter last week. I was like, oh no. This letter tells me the speed I was doing and the speed I was supposed to be doing. The policeman has authority, hello, uh. to start proceedings against me. But for the policeman to exercise the authority, they must have knowledge of where that authority applies. So I was coming down, I think I was, we were, I was with Debbie and, and we were driving down 
and, 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 and we were in a 60 zone on the motorway, you know, the, 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 the interactive part of the motorway. And, we had, and I wasn't paying attention that we were in a 60 zone. By the time I'm slowing down, I've, been, I've, been, I've had a free photograph. <laughs> I wish I could send you those parts of the make it cheaper. Yeah. I was doing 69 in that 60 zone. Because, now, this policeman knows, has knowledge of what, what was required to be done on that part of the model. Two, the speed I was doing. Because, can you understand this? If the policeman didn't know that I needed to do 60, anything goes, right? Number two, if the policeman doesn't know the speed I was doing, I can say I was doing 30. Do you understand? Yes. Authority cannot be exercised without knowledge. And this is why most of the children of God are erring in applying the authority they have received. So many have said, ah, this thing that we have authority over demons, we have authority over Satan, ah, it's not really real. Their problem is knowledge. They don't have knowledge, so they cannot apply their authority properly. If a police, it doesn't matter how a policeman is given how much authority to arrest you. If they don't have knowledge of the law of the land, they cannot arrest you. And if they don't have knowledge of how you have broken the law, they should not be arresting you. Hello? Now, even the example I'm using is imperfect because the police sometimes will abuse their authority and arrest you and then discover there was no charge actually against you and release you. In the spirit, however, there's no such mistake. Yeah. <laughs> when you have knowledge that no demon is supposed to pass here, guess what's going to happen? No demon will pass. If you don't have knowledge that no demon is supposed to pass here, guess what demons are going to do? They will pass there. I really want you to understand this. Because this is where most people are making their mistake. They don't understand they have authority. And they don't understand, they, they don't have the knowledge. So people are trespassing on their grass. And they don't know that they can actually say no trespassing here. People are trespassing on their money, let's get real. And they don't know that they are not supposed to be touching my money. People are, demons are trespassing on their, on, 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 on their marriage and they don't know that it's not supposed to happen. And because you don't have knowledge, you can't cheat in the spirit. Hello? You can't pretend like you have knowledge. Do you remember they are the seven sons of a priest called Skeva in the Bible? In the book of Acts, they went to a man. Are you with me? And they said to a man, In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, we command all these demons to come out. And the man with demons answered them, I know Paul, I know Jesus, but you. So you cannot cheat. If you don't know what you are supposed to know, you cannot cast demons out. It doesn't mean you can't say it. You can say it like they did. Come out! 
Except the demon will answer back. Who are you? What do you know? And then it will lie to you again. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Whew. If this question is not answered, this confusion that is here, you know, if it's not answered, our authority will either be abused or it will be ineffective. Amen. That's why I'm spending my time, the past three Sundays, trying to show you, to give you knowledge of spiritual things. We must have knowledge of what is happening in the spirit realm. Now, I know other people will come and say to you, oh, wow, you, you were, oh, you know, why are you learning about demons and the devil and his kingdom? <laughs> Those people think the devil is not real. Those are the same people who say Satan, Satan, but they don't think it is real. Because anything that is real, you need to know about it. Hello? Come on. Are you with me? Somebody on Facebook asked me this question. How do I know that I'm dealing with a demon? And I thought that's the best place to start. As we talk about walking in authority. Before you walk in authority, before you flex your muscles, maybe, maybe you need to know, is this a demon or not? Amen? So I'm going to try and answer that question within the short time that I have. But I'm going to try and answer it in a way that it can be truly understood. Amen. I will use two key statements. Statement number one. Not all evil behavior is as a result of demons, but all sin is. Statement number one. That's I'm going to try and unpack that statement. Not all evil behavior is caused by demons, but all sin is. I like the tension in that statement because it will make you understand. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5, 19 to 21. You'll be glad you made it to church today. You didn't decide to worship the sun. Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Are you there? The Bible says, I'm reading from the Passion Translation again. The cravings of the self-life or the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself or selfishness, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Amen. Are you with me? The more classic translation will tell you that it is talking about the works of the flesh. Amen? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands which one you find yourself in. But you would be lying to me that any of these are not areas of temptation for you. If any of you here said, no, nah, not me. <laughs> Nothing on there. You are lying. And you don't belong in the house of God. 
Amen. Amen. What we are introduced to there is not stuff or behavior caused by demons. Remember my statement? Not all evil behavior is caused by demons. What we are introduced here to is not necessarily caused by demons. It is caused by what the Bible calls the flesh. Doesn't mean the flesh, this body. It means another, another terminology, the sinful nature. Right? The sinful nature. Another term in the Bible, the fallen nature. Another term in the Bible, the old man. Are you with me? The selfish life. A human being on their own, without demons influencing them, is capable of these behaviors. It is important that we understand this. So I appreciate the question I was asked when somebody says, how do I know it is a demon? Because it's important that we understand when it comes to behaviors, it's a question of discipline. It's a question of learning, restraint. It's a question of, do you understand? of growing against that behavior and changing behavior patterns. Because <coughs> if I don't say that, then we're going to blame the demon for everything. You slap your child, you say it's a demon. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Understand, the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I will explain to you what it really means. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3, 22. The sinful nature. Today I will explain the sinful nature. Perhaps nobody has ever explained it to you. The sinful nature. Genesis chapter 3, verse 22. I will read the uh, KJV, King James Version. It says, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Then the rest follows. God banishes man out of the garden of Eden. This story is the story of the fall of man. There were two trees in the garden, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2. It says in the middle of the garden, if I'm not wrong, I think it's chapter 9, verse 9 on verse 19. In the middle of the garden, there were two trees. There was a tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. evil. And which one was Eve tempted by the enemy to eat from? The tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, right there, right there, just pause there. Let me explain my statement. Not Every evil behavior is caused by demons, but all sin is as a result of the devil. Right there. Sin was introduced by Satan. You understand? Yeah. So all sin, everything that results in sin, it's because of the devil. That's what it means. Amen? Now, when Eve ate of the knowledge of good and evil, the Bible says that is the fall of what? Of man. 
What has happened? God says he has become like one of us. He has received knowledge like we have. That there is good and there is evil and this is not good for man. Hello? Why is it not good? Let me answer that with a good example. Recently I saw a post on Facebook a few days ago of this young guy who's teaching even younger kids. They're three years old, they're five years old, they're six years old, and he's a transgender guy. And so it's transgender. Everybody understand what I mean? So he's dressed like a drag queen. Okay, so he's a man dressed like a woman. And the purpose of his teaching these children, they're three, four, five years, six years old, is to make them aware of what they are calling gender fluidity. What it means is that gender is no longer set as man, woman. There's so many variables in between there. So you can be born in a male body, but you're actually a woman. Or you can be born in a woman body, but you're actually a man. Or you can be both. You don't need to have a label, they're saying. Now, I know you Bible believers, you know that that's just rubbish from the pit of hell. Demonic doctrines. But listen, what I'm trying to show you. This young guy, he's written a nice little booklet to teach young people. And, I, and I, when I saw it, it was posted by somebody I know. And she's a Christian youth worker, the person that posted it. And she put on, just, she didn't say much on it, she just said, leave the kids alone, they're too young. And I said, that's true. Knowledge. When knowledge of a certain kind is released prematurely, it corrupts the person. It doesn't help them. So when you are teaching young kids, three, four years old, who don't even know exactly what is going on about this gender fluidity thing, what you are doing is leaving them in a confusion. Do you understand? They are okay to play, and they are saying they call themselves, I'm a boy. Another one is calling themselves, I'm a girl. What's wrong with that? They are okay as they are doing that. But as soon as you begin to introduce knowledge, of that kind to them, you begin to corrupt their understanding. And therefore now they come in the middle and they begin to wonder. And they go to mommy and they say, mommy, I feel like a girl. And then mommy now goes back to the same gender specialist and the gender specialist says, oh, oh, transgender. And the cycle continues. Hello? I've used that so you may understand what is happening in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve began to see this type of knowledge, they were not ready for it. God did not intend for them to walk in this level of knowledge of good and evil. To an extent that because that knowledge came to them when God did not intend it for them, they birthed a sinful nature. Here's my second statement, big statement. A premature receiving 
when you receive knowledge prematurely or before you are ready for it, it always burns the sinful nature. Hello? Uh -huh. It always does. Adam and Eve could not handle this. I'll read later on and you will see what I'm talking about, probably. They couldn't handle this. You see, as soon as I give, there are, we parents, we know, right? There are certain types of stuff that your children should not know. Hello? Not because they are not full human beings. That's not what it, it it's because they are not yet mature to know it. Hello? There is a reason why when God created us human beings, he did not let us have sexual desires at four, at five, because we can't handle it. Hello? So be careful with this sex education as well. They're, they're trying to introduce it too early sometimes. It's like, just let the boys play. Hello? Uh. <laughs> It's now, the, now what's happening is actually there's actually research into this like over the years that it's the, the age of awareness, sexual awareness keeps dropping. Now the kids are knowing things that maybe perhaps you at even 19 didn't know. They're knowing it so early. At 10, 11, 12, it, it's, there's so many factors involved. You know, the social media, there's too much involved nowadays. 24-hour TVs and, and the news site. It's just too much going on. So knowledge has increased. Hello? It is up to you to protect your children. I digress, but let me say it a little bit to you that have children. It is up to you. You determine what amount of knowledge you want them to have at a certain age. And don't let a bigot look at you and say, oh, you are there. No. It's up to you. You decide. I will teach them, thank you, but I will not do it now. Hello? But it's also up to you to man that gate, for those of us that have children. Man the gate of knowledge entering your house. Man it. Be aware. Sit and watch your children play. Don't intervene. See what's going on. And be aware of the amount of knowledge they are bringing into the home. And so you can control stuff. Amen? Every time I do that, I do that, I get really surprised. I get really surprised. I'll be looking at Zoe and I'm thinking, she's oh, she said that, she's only four. I scratch my head. When I was four, I didn't know any of this stuff. Some good stuff and even some bad stuff. Hello? Are you with me? Are you with me? The devil is trying to, to rush children into sin. They're not rushing anywhere else. He's just rushing them into sin. So that at 16, they may, whoo, they're off, they're gone, they have made up their mind. There is no God. At 16, what have you done? 16, I mean, you haven't even tasted every drink in the world. At 16, you think there is no God. What have you done? It's too young to make such a conclusion. It's, it's a big conclusion. If you don't want to believe in God, fine, but don't make a big conclusion at 16. You know nothing. Sorry. But it's true. <laughs> you haven't lived half your life yet. Therefore, at 16 it's possible you just lived a quarter of your life. Maybe less. 
There can't be that conclusion. It's too early. But that's what the devil is doing, trying to rush young people into that conclusion. Rush them quickly. So exposing them to these things, exposing them to this, and then rush them into that. I know you've seen teenagers before and you've said, hey, what's the rush? Well, now I told you what it is. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so a premature exposure to certain knowledge births the sinful nature. Amen. Let's go to Genesis chapter 6. And I'm going to read. This is now my winding down scripture. This is my key scripture. And I'm going to wind down properly. And explain some home truths to you. About demons. And stuff. Amen. Genesis chapter 6. And we are going to read. From verse 1. And we'll, be, we'll skip here, go there, skip here, go there. Amen. Genesis chapter 6. Are you there? Just bear with me, I'm about to find it. Mm. Now, what I'm about to read, now remember I've told you about theories about where demons come from. I've told you the first theory was that people believe these are the fallen angels that fell with Satan, right? Those of you that were here on Tuesday, I explained to you this second theory that I'm supposed that I'm going to touch on. Okay, let's go to chapter 6, verse 1. Then the people began to multiply on the earth, and daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw the beautiful women and took any they wanted as their wives. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time, for they are only mortal flesh. In the, in the future, their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. In those days, and for some time after, giant Nephilites lived on the earth. For whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. Amen. Verse 6 says, So the Lord was was sorry he had ever met them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, verse 7, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, and I will destroy every living thing. All the people, the large animals, the small animals, that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever met them. Then there's a little verse of hope in verse 8. But Noah found favor with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Read verse 11. Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world for everyone on earth was corrupt. Hey. Do you guys understand? 
What has happened is that because Adam and Eve have eaten from a tree of knowledge and of good and evil, it has burst the sinful nature. Hello? Hi. The works of the flesh are manifesting now at a level that you've never seen before. Do you understand? So when we fast track to the, to chapter 6 of Genesis, what we find is now the works of the flesh have become a solid culture in the earth. God looked and he didn't like what he saw many years later after the fall of Adam and Eve. Perhaps you wonder why do human beings have a sinful nature? This explains it to you. When Adam and Eve fell, and the knowledge of good and evil came into them, it birthed a sinful nature. This is why all of us, all of us are born in sin. Hello? And this is why all of us need Jesus. Hello? It doesn't matter whether your parents are priests or whatever. It doesn't matter whether you, you know, it, it really doesn't matter whether your dad is the Pope and your mom is Mother Teresa. And that shouldn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of those people should have children. You know? But it doesn't matter. Do you understand? Everyone is born in sin. It means because of the sinful nature that was opened by Adam and Eve. So we leave you on your own. You will still find a way to have lustful desires. You will find a way to be greedy. You will find a way. Because why? It's the nature of a human being. It's in you. Hello? Are you with me? So, in chapter 6, we find it has become so rampant. But there is another second reason that I want you to understand why sin begins to reign. The second reason is this. The Bible talks about the sons of God. Hello. Those of you that were here on Tuesday, I explained this. I, I relaxed and explained it properly. On Sunday, I'm not going to relax, but I'll just glance over it. The sons of God. Now, in the Bible, when it refers to the sons of God, it refers sometimes to human beings. Sometimes it refers to angels. Okay? Let's say in the book of Job, when in chapter 1, it says, At a certain day, the sons of God gathered, and Satan was amongst them. And God said to Satan, Have you seen my servant Job? You remember that portion? So sons of God referring to angels. Hello? Sometimes it has referred to human beings. But typically, human beings are called sons of God, especially in the New Testament. Why? Because Jesus died so we may become the sons of God. Do you get me? That is the requirement. For a human being to come to become a son of God, a child of God, they must have Jesus in their life. So in the New Testament, a lot human beings are referred to as sons of God. Hello? John chapter 1, the Bible says those that received him, that believed on his name, he gave them the power to become 
sons of God. Romans chapter 8, the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Do you know what it takes now to become a son of, a son of God? So, in that understanding, and I'm being very brief, there's so many things I should say before I say this, but I'll just do it. In that understanding, there is a clear understanding that the fallen angels, some of the fallen angels, who were referred to as the sons of God, decided as human beings were going on in their sinful nature, they decided to marry human wives. Now, I know you've been told many times, angels cannot marry. If you read your Bible, it says, angels cannot marry in heaven. Hello? Do you understand? In heaven. Even you cannot marry in heaven. Nobody can marry in heaven. Hello? Why? Because marriage is an issue of jurisdiction. Do you know that every council in this country, every local authority in this country, has their own little bylaws about marriage? When you go to the registrar, you cannot go to the registrar in London so that you can get married in home. Do you know that? Marriage is always an issue of jurisdiction. The registrar's office in Hall, if you are doing a wedding in Hall, you must see the registrar's office in Hall. Because it must fit into what they have prescribed in this area. Amen. But even all of these registrars answer to a higher law, right? Which is the nation. The law of the land. But the law of the land when it comes to marriage in the UK and the law of the land when it comes to marriage in Nigeria are different. There are some differences. Do you understand? Yeah. I'm not too sure in my country it is polygamy is illegal. But I'm sure the law of the land in the UK does not allow polygamy. But there are some countries where somebody can legally marry three, four wives. Legally. Four marriage certificates. May God bless you. It's true. Yeah? But in this country, it doesn't work. Even in Nigeria, it doesn't work. Some, some countries, they have cancelled it. Some countries haven't cancelled polygamy. Do you understand? I'm trying to show you one thing. Marriage is a jurisdiction issue. Mm -hmm. Marriage, now even go further, it answers to a higher law. God designed marriage for the earth, not for heaven. Angels cannot marry in heaven. Jesus said so. For they are like angels in heaven who do not marry. You, when you go to heaven, you will not marry. So, Trev, turn me to where it is now, eh? <laughs> me and Trev just have the word of knowledge there. Amen. So, it is possible that these fallen angels married human beings. Besides, it has happened before that the Holy Spirit 
came upon Mary and managed to make her conceive the child. It is possible that a spiritual being can bring a physical child into the earth. Now, that's all I can say on a Sunday. You should come on Tuesday. I will say a lot more. So don't ask me questions after this service because you haven't listened to everything. Come on Tuesday, you will ask your question. Amen. Amen? So because of that, I have the understanding that what happened was unnatural. That's why they had giants for babies. Just because somebody who says, I'm a child of God, marries a person who's not a Christian, does not mean they will have giants. <laughs> These ones had giants, unnatural babies. The devil created his own species on earth. Yeah. Are you understanding me? Yeah. That becomes the second reason for sin. The first reason, through tricking Adam and Eve, sinful nature is birth. Adam and Eve, on their own, can commit sin. Second reason, he adds this batch of giants. Now, when the Bible, when you look at Genesis 6, now you will read it differently. When you, when you see that God looked and he was not happy. God looked and he says, ah, everything is corrupt. Hang on a second. That word there, corrupt, means everything is spoiled. Everything is rotten. That's what God was saying. Remember in chapter 1, when God was saying, after he creates everything, what did he say? It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. In chapter 6, he looks and he says, every one of my good things has been spoiled. The word corrupt, that's what it means there. It's spoiled. How has it been spoiled? It's been infiltrated by the devil. I told you Matthew chapter 13. The one who sowed the wheat in the good, amongst the good seeds. He's infiltrated it. And so God has no choice but to wipe everything out. Why? Because everything was what? Wow. Now, again, I just have to say this. I'm not going to qualify it that much. This is where the second theory comes from. To say now when God killed, even including these, these giants and all this corrupt stuff that was not created by God, but because of these fallen angels and what they did, these spirits became demons on the face of the earth. Do you understand? Did everybody understand? We're doing a recording of this, so you will have the CDs, you will listen again. These spirits became demons on the face of the earth. How does that theory hold? Number one, because demons behave like this. They are disembodied. They don't have bodies, right? Hello? Yeah. They don't have bodies, but they are bound to the earth. They never seem to be to go anywhere else apart to, from staying on the earth. In Matthew 12, 43, don't turn there, I'm finishing. It says, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walks through the dry places seeking rest, and when he finds none, he goes back to the place where he came from. So demons don't go. You know, most of you when you're praying and you're saying, demons,
are straight to hell. No, they don't. They are staying here. They are on earth. Some of the demons that Peter cast out of people, they are still here. Those people, are you understanding me? You, I, <laughs> one of the wonderful men of God that I listen to says, as of the casting out of demons, there shall be no end. <laughs> Until Jesus comes. That's why, you know, when, when you keep casting out demons, you keep casting out demons, and you become so preoccupied with demons and, and all these and all that, listen, there's going to be no end. Peter cast them out, they're still here. Peter went, he's with the Lord. Another one came, cast them out. Wesley came, cast them out. They are still what? Here. Do you understand? <laughs> you also will cast out your own. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Our job is to expel them. Chase them from the area. Chase them. you understand? Yeah. But don't be sending them to hell. Because they are bound on the earth. They crave to return to a human body. This is why it feels like, yeah, this, this sounds like uh, the spirits of demons, these giants here. Why? Because they, they, they want to get into a human body. They are not satisfied unless they are in a body. If not a human body, they will take anybody. You remember when Jesus, when Jesus says, you are leaving, they said, please just cast us into the pigs. Then the pigs into the water. They possess some fish in the water, I'm sure. <laughs> Do you guys understand? <laughs> they, they would not live without having a body. They, they, they live, but they crave for a body. It means they once used to have a body. That's why people would say, these are not angels. These are these giants. The other reason is that they seem to have, they are bound on earth and they are staying on earth forever until judgment. This is because they come from spirits of angels and human beings. So it's, 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 it's a mutant spirit, if you understand. Hello? And I'll give you the last one. I'll stop there. The last one is because they seem to be giants. At least most of them. Some of them are not. But they seem to be giants, these demons. I remember one time we were, I was young, I was 19 years old. I think I've told you some of these stories before. And I was, I was, I was, I was on holiday and I was with my brother-in-law ministering in the northwestern province of Zambia. And there was, the first time I saw somebody casting out demons and demons manifesting in a church was there, you know. And I, I could see like a, 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 young, a young girl. Let me tell you two stories. The first story is, is of, a, of a woman, okay? A woman in a, in a, you know, like almost around 50, towards 50 or in her mid 40s, you know? A respectable woman. And, and they began to pray for this woman. And they were there praying for this woman. This woman would lift, okay? So first of all, she fell on the ground. And then she began to lift from the ground. If somebody told me this story, I would, I would struggle to believe it, but I was there. And she would lift, levitate. That's the correct English term. Is it even English? Yeah, okay. And she would lift from the ground without anybody picking her up. And then she would fall. 
and the husband began to cry. <laughs> I remember he was holding the baby like this. He's the one that had brought this woman for the pastor, my brother-in-law, to pray for her. And then he began to grab my brother-in-law. And he grabbed him like this. Please stop, 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 you killer. Because he's scared. He's seeing his wife live. He was scary. They are strong, these demons. I also saw a young girl. <laughs> a young girl. You know, three, four, five grown-up men cannot handle her when she begins to react. I, I, do you guys understand? So strong. There was a time I was also part of a team and we prayed for people in that room. And we, we came around this girl that was our age, all of us, and we could not handle her. She was so strong. She goes like this. Boom. We are all gone. These spirits can be giants. Are you with me? Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you a lot more stories. But maybe we'll do that another day. Amen? Yeah. I need to finish. I need to finish. So let me finish here. Okay. Where we began. I've taught you two, two theories now about where demons come from. And I've said, okay, that's great. That's knowledge. Okay? But what is really important for you to know is that the kingdom of darkness, which is against us, is not stronger than us. Yeah. The devil himself is not stronger than us. Why? Because Jesus has always been higher than him. His fallen angels, which are principalities and powers, should not be stronger than us. Why? Because Christ in whom we are is greater than them. Hello? Um. These principalities running the systems of the world, they're not greater than the one that is in us. Today, I've spoken to you about walking in your authority. This knowledge begins to be important. Just this knowledge. That demons are actually third level when it comes to the kingdom of darkness. So don't be scared of them. Even if you meet one on the street. Remember you are a child of God. Hello? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Exercise your authority Amen. over them. Amen. Amen. Exercise your authority over them. Exercise your authority over them. Let me finish by giving you these signs, some common signs that there is a demon maybe operating in a place. Some, just some common signs. I will not have time to elaborate most of them. Uh, we will do an extra, extra lesson. Maybe I will record it on my own and I will send it to you. I will give it to you guys. Some common signs. One of the best most common signs that there is a demon in operation is that demons are enticing spirits. Do you understand? They are enticing spirits. Okay? Simple example. You pick, you're walking, you're walking, you're walking, you pick your wallet. And then you almost hear a voice saying, just take the money, nobody knows. Hello? Yeah, it's probably a demonic voice. They're always enticing with the whole nobody knows thing going on. There's probably a demon commanded at that point. That at that point you need to be saying, Satan, I know you. Yeah? You command the demon to shut up and command it to go. And it will stop suggesting things. 
You hear me? There are spirits that they also another way of knowing that there is a demon here is, is where sometimes you know people say a bad day at the office. Harassment. You can get harassed. Just get harassed from nowhere as a person. You're being harassed. You know, you pick the coffee, it spews on you. <laughs> you sit on the table, the chair breaks. You crack a joke, it's misunderstood. <laughs> ah, if those things continue around you and people say, ah, oh, no, you're just awkward. No, you're not. You're being harassed because what's going to happen is going to lead you to, to you know, you, you finish work not excited that you're going home. You're angry. So when you get home, the first thing that gets said, I mean, these things I'm, not talking, about, I'm talking about are not far. We've all been there. Where sometimes your wife says something or your husband says something and they get a barrage from you. And, and you know, and, and if they're wise enough, they know like, okay, this is not about me. It's not about what I said. This person has been harassed today. The enemy can, can send demons to just harass you. Especially if you're proving difficult. They just harass you. Play with your car. And from your car, this. If it's not that, then that, then that. Then you feel so harassed, like, hey! Hello? Hi. Stop in the middle of your day and say, I will not be harassed. Satan, I know your schemes. Do you hear me? I don't care whether you're allowed to break or not. Excuse yourself. I say, excuse me. <laughs> Before I kill somebody here, excuse me. And go to the toilet. And say, Satan, you will not harass me. I know this demon of harassment. Call it a demon of harassment, by the way. They like to be called by name. They must be called by name, and that's the name. What it does becomes its name. Okay? I will tell you later some of the things. <sighs> some things I won't say here today. Common signs, enslaving people. Demons like enslaving people. Eh? They like enslaving people. Fact, this is the most common sign you can use is that maybe sexual sin, things around masturbation and all that, and people say, oh, no, it's, uh, it's it, uh, yeah, I know, and psychologists come up with their nonsense. It, it's, 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 it's enslavement. Hello? Demons like to enslave people. They know, okay, he's quite strong. He's not going to go and commit adultery. So they enslave you in masturbation. And you are enslaved for years. Hello? Hi. By the way, if you don't know, the spirit of masturbation is also the spirit of delay. It usually attacks so that you may not do the things you wanted to do. Watch for it. Watch for it. But some of it is when I will talk about these things. We are all human beings. For some of you, it's when you're trying to break into something new, and then that spirit comes. It is a master at distraction. Distract, not, not destruction, as my children would say. Dad, did you say distraction or destruction? <laughs> the English people in my house, <laughs> they're troubling my tongue. You know? Distraction, as in distracting you as a person, your attention. These spirits are masters at causing this. Enslavement. It traps you and it enslaves you. Again, I told you, wake up and say, hey, devil, I know your style. This is your scheme to come and delay me. I know there's a breakthrough coming and you're trying to blind me. Hello? 
Since when did the devil not use sexual sin to disrupt children of God? He didn't. He tried it with David. He did, he did it with Solomon. He, he 